Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself, and I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Hello, Kimberly. Hi, Erin. I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> Me too. So yay, this is it. This is our new podcast. And I I love the idea of this. And I just want to talk about like why we we're doing this. Sure. Me personally, I there's so many things that are going on in the pet space. And there's not enough time really to address every single thing. And I've always actually, um, I wanted to change my YouTube channel to be like a commentary channel on the pet industry, but I hate editing video. (laughs) I can understand that. (laughs) (laughs) So that didn't happen. And, you know, I guess when did we start? We started talking about this maybe in January, yeah, uh, end of January, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it was just sort of like I just put it out there in the interwebs to see if anyone would be interested in doing something like that. And you sent me an email because you had been thinking the same thing, and here we are. Yes. So I I just love the idea that you know when it comes to the pet space and um, there are so many passionate people and so many things going on. And, and and yes, there are some like, you know, quote unquote drama happening. But mostly what I find fascinating is the choices that people make, whether it be with their animals or with their businesses and how it can have a ripple effect among other things. And I think the best example is in 2020 when Dogs Naturally Magazine sued Coco Therapy. It was like one of those, like, everyone got silent in the room and it's like, we're suing each other now yeah. <laughs> because, and, and not to like unpack that case, but as a result of that, it really made me think like as a blogger and content creator, what can I, and can I not say about brands, you know, because although I know it's crazy hard to, um, to launch a defamation lawsuit because there's so much that you have to prove. It's also very expensive Yes, on on both sides. And even if someone did not have a case, I'd have to ask myself, do I have the funds to fight, you know, a frivolous lawsuit if it is frivolous? And um, the answer is no. So it really made me think about what I do. And because of that lawsuit, I stopped doing product reviews. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I always try to do a full fledged out, honest pros and cons type of product review. And I worried that someone would take offense to um, how I reacted to their product, how I felt about it and sue me and say that I was trying to harm their business or that I did harm their business. It's very interesting. And I think there is a difference between saying something like, oh, 
I didn't have a good experience with this or it didn't work for my dog versus saying something like, this product is killing dogs. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and that's kind of a difference between like fact and opinion and uh, our experiences. And also truth is always a defense to anything mm-hmm. that's defamation. Um, but like you said, that's that's still expensive. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is very expensive, even if you're right. Yeah, um, it is. Like, it is. No, I mean, I'm actually working on a product review right now. I broke my own rule. And, um, and it's so hard because I don't like everything about the product and I have to really, you know, I want to be fair. Um, and a friend of mine, she emailed me yesterday and said, so what do you hate about the product? And I was just like, what, what do you mean? What are you saying? I didn't hate it. Did I say I hate it? I didn't say I hated anything. I got so freaked out. And she was just sort of like, no, I know you, there are going to be things about it. You just don't like it. I was just like, okay, well. Hate is very strong. Yes, very, very but strong. Now, but now that we're talking about it, this is this is the list. <laughs> but um, but it is. It was just sort of like it made me like a little paranoid because it's and and also just as you know, one human being, you know, to another, I don't want to say or do something that might negatively impact someone's business. I, you know, I still see myself as this person who one night sat down at my computer and started a blog called Keep the Tail Wagging to write about her puppies. I don't really think about who knows what Keeps the Tail Wagging is, how many readers I have or followers. I don't really think about any of that because when I compare myself to others, I'm just like, I still feel like this little fish in a big pond, you know, because I mean, look at like Scott has this raw feeding group with, you know, tens of thousands of members, you know, um, Rodney and Karen have millions of followers, <laughs> you know, I mean, there are all these people um, who are in this space who really, I mean, and they're huge. I mean, I'm still like in awe of them, even though I can count many of them as friends. So I just still don't think of myself as um, that influential, even though I know that I do have influence. And so it's kind of hard to walk that line of being honest so that I can either direct people like, hey, this is a great product or warn people to say, if you're going to buy it, just know that this is going to happen or say, don't waste your money. This is horrible. (laughs) I need to find a line between that and not disparaging a brand or, you know, a, a business owner. And I mean, and it's actually pretty easy to find that line, but it's still kind of nerd wracking. Yeah. And, and you, you always want to have integrity. And I think the people who follow you like me, um, <laughs> you know, uh, are attracted to that integrity. You know, we don't want to hear, oh, this is a great thing. And then we get it and it falls apart or, yeah. you know, it, we look into it some more on our own and find out, oh, this isn't what I want for my dogs. Like we, we want you to be honest, you know, or else it's like, uh, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what a lot of bloggers do. A lot of pet bloggers do is that if they get a product and they try it out and they don't like it, I know so many pet bloggers. And I should say I knew because our community, we used to be a community where we had an annual conference and everything, but all of that kind of went into the wind. And so we spread out to the four corners of the earth. But but back when we were a community and, you know, and I'm part of these groups and such, there were a lot of people who had the mindset that if I don't like the product, 
I won't do like I will not do a negative review. They will not do it. They'll just contact the brand and said, yeah, I didn't like it. And the brand will be like, okay, well, don't worry about it. And you go ahead and keep it and and move on. And I always thought about it. It's like, but what you find is negative. I might not find negative. It might be a total easy thing for me. Um, you know, like for instance, toys that tear apart really easily. I kind of expect that in my house. So to me, that's not a negative. That's just a fact of toys. But um, so I always felt that, you know, I want to see the negative or, you know, the quote unquote negative reviews because, you know, I you never know. And sometimes it's just like a heads up that, hey, you know, I did a review for um, Animal Biome several years ago and it, it wasn't 100% positive. I didn't have a great experience with the company. But I included in there that they were brand spanking new, that, um, you know, it was, you know, misunderstandings abound and the tests were very complicated for me. But a lot of people who read that review or watched the video on YouTube, they didn't come back with, well, then I'll never buy anything from that company. They came back with, okay, so now I know that if I need to make sure I ask for a consultation and I, I know that I think they provide that regularly now, but yes, then it was like, make sure we at, ask for one. The reports are going to be complicated. So they are prepared for that. And for some people they were like, Oh, they weren't as complicated as I thought they were going to be. So it was like easier for them, but it's one of those where one person's negative could be another person's no big deal. Right. So that's why it's like, I don't want to, not do reviews. I just don't want to be sued. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, I have worked in the legal field for over 20 years now, which I can't believe. But, um, you know, I, I remember talking to my friend one time with our volunteer work, you know, and she's like, how do we prevent getting sued? And I said, well, you know, anybody can sue anybody at any time. Mm -hmm. You don't even technically have to have a good reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, your lawsuit might get dismissed, but you can still file it and, and cause this this hassle. But, you know, most people don't because, you know, it costs money and they're not lawyers and, you know, things like things like that. But yeah, it's scary. It, it's scary to to uh, to to be interacting with lawyers or to get a cease and desist letter or, or something like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's very scary. And yet, yeah, again, most people want to do everything they can to avoid that kind of situation. Yeah. I know it's it's crazy because as a blogger, I have had to retain, I shouldn't say I haven't had to retain an attorney, but I've had to get consultations from an attorney so much that I now have my go-to attorney. Oh, wow. When, when anything happens that I contact and she gets everything squared away from me. But, um, but it is, it's one of those where, you know, different states, like for instance, in Washington, I can't record our conversations without letting the other parties know and vice versa. So I had a brand um, record a conversation. They asked me for a review. I was happy to do it. Uh, this is years ago. And, um, but I had questions about the product and they were angry about my questions. And I was just like, well, I can't really, I have to make this review. It had to do with the laws. It was like these beware of dog signs. And I was just like, it says that it's effective in all states, but there are some states that feel that if you put up this sign, you're letting people know that you have an aggressive dog. Right. So how do you get around that? And that was my question. And I guess maybe they're getting that question all the time and they were just like tired of that question. So the person called me back and I'm trying to have a conversation with them and they were so angry with me. And I was just like, 
you know, they're like, we just don't want you to do the review. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And they're like, and we've recorded this conversation and we're going to give it to our attorney. And if you say anything, and I was just like, whoop, 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 I'm in Washington state. I was like, you're more than welcome to take this recording wherever you want to. But now I have a lawsuit because you're not supposed to do that. And so I was like, you didn't let me know that you were recording. You didn't give me an, an, you know, an opportunity to opt out. But it's little things like that where I think that like with social media and a lot of people who maybe they're business savvy, but they're not social media savvy, aren't really prepared for working with someone who is you know, primarily on social media. So there's lots of uh, misunderstandings about what, what you can and cannot do and Oh, it's, it's, it's interesting and fun, but basically long story short, I have had to just call an attorney and go, so they threatened to sue me. And and she's like, I tell her the facts. She's like, yeah, they got nothing. Don't worry about it. And, and, you know, just don't say anything to them anymore. Um, You know, don't talk to them anymore. Don't do that blog post though. It's like, like, don't, don't poke the bear. Um, And, and that was the end of that. Is she just like, again? <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, what do you do, Kimberly? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I trigger people really badly. <laughs> so you're going to Healthy Dog Expo. Yes, I am. I'm very excited. This will actually be like the most amount of people I've been around, you know, since COVID also. <laughs> I'm like so jealous and so excited for you. I I would love to go, but you know, I have a dog with cancer and he is, he came out of remission in December. So I, his diet and supplement supplementation and the vet appointments, all of that. It's a lot. Yeah. Even for a couple of days. Cause it's like, ultimately I can, it's over a weekend and I can come down for go over or fly over for the weekend and come back. But I would spend the entire time just like, freaking out, assuming that, you know, Johan's back here feeding him cookies and crackers and (laughs) and just, and I mean, he wouldn't, but that's basically where my mind would be. So I was just like, I, I'm just going to stay at home. So yeah, this is probably Dr. Lori Kozier's, you know, probably her going to be her absolute best event because she has, you know, Dr. Karen Becker, Rodney Habib, um, Susan Thixton, um, Susan Garrett, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but she is a really, she's an oncologist. Dr. Kendra Pope. Thank you, Kendra Pope. I am very excited to see her. (laughs) I know. She is, what I love about her is that she, I wish, and and it's one of those things where it's like, with what time? But I wish that she had a YouTube channel similar to Sue the Cancer Doc. Yes. Because I, I mean, I love, I, that's where I go is to Sue's channel, but She's a traditional, um, she goes the traditional route. So it would be so cool if we had a holistic oncologist that had a channel and gave information the same way and explained all the drugs and the supplements and the diets and the processes and, and so on and so forth, because it's really hard to, um, to straddle, you know, cancer care in a world where most of the people that I'm interacting with are traditional vets, not um, holistic vets. I don't know if you knew this, uh, but I'm actually a breast cancer survivor myself. I did not know. And uh, I have been diagnosed in 2018 and I'm officially a survivor now as of 2019. So I did some, you know, holistic interventions in conjunction with my traditional care myself. And so 
that's why I'm particularly interested in seeing Dr. Kendra Pope because I'm so interested about what this looks like for dogs. Mm-hmm. I actually got to chat with her over Clubhouse one time about the use of mistletoe. And I used that in my own cancer. And so I was really excited to hear about it being used in dogs because mm-hmm. in Europe, they've been using it for like 35 years. There's all this really great research. Um, there's been longitudinal studies showing you know how well it works. And there are actually trials underway actually here in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins to get it approved for use in, in people mm-hmm. uh, in the US also. But see, I'm always... I'm always interested, you know, I lost both of my first two dogs to different types of cancer, and then I had cancer. And so that's something that I definitely pay a lot of attention to. And I'm always trying to follow all the latest breaking options and studies and and things. Uh, So yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about that one. I love that. I think if I were going, um, I would definitely want to corner um, Dr. Pope, because she is amazing. She's super friendly and nice. And I love her. Um, Billy's going to be there. He's going to have a booth for Green Juju. He let me know. But I would want to just sit down with Susan Thixton again. I I met her for the first time several years ago when they had an AFCO meeting here. And I went down and met, you know, her and Dr. Judy Morgan, Dr. Kathy Alanovi, Billy Hookman. And I think that that's who was all was there. And um, for dinner. And we just hung out and I was just like in awe and just like, oh my God, look at where I am. And every now and then doing a picture, yeah, you know, like, like look who's behind me. <laughs> and she was so nice and friendly. But what I loved is just, I just love her stories yes. about AFCO because um, she's, for me, a great reminder that um, something shady is afoot. And... <laughs> Because, you know, she talked about, you know, her phones being tapped and people following her, following her daughter. I, I believe that that happened. And and it's just like, wow, really? I just, I feel like there's a shadow world that we know nothing about. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard to believe because, not that I don't believe her, I definitely do believe her, but it's so hard to believe that, I mean, there's so much money and there's so many animals that why do we have to have this battle back and forth? Why can't we just enjoy the fact that, you know, hey, if you want to feed raw, cool. I'm going to feed kibble and canned over here and and, and cool, good for you. And, and just leave it at that because it's, it's not like we're all going to stop spending money on our animals unless we don't have money to spend. But um, I would love to sit down with her just to find out what she's been doing lately, um, what's been going on. Cause you know, although I, I follow her, it just, it kind of feels like stuff has been kind of quiet, you know, lately in the, especially in the fresh food space. I mean, you know, we, we haven't had any recalls, knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, everyone seems to be getting along pretty good. And, you know, the, I guess the answers, pet food, cure pet food stuff that's on hold you know, for a while. So nothing's happening there. So it's just sort of like, huh. I'm sure there's lots going on. We just haven't heard about <laughs> <I know>. it. <laughs> exactly. And I always think Susan Thixton is such a great reminder of just what an individual pet parent can do. Do Yeah. I mean, I, there are so many people out there that want to do something that want to make a difference and they don't know how. And 
the fact that she just does it, you know, and she does all this on her own dime, you know, like going to the AFCO meetings, which are insanely expensive to go to. Um, they're, they've made it so that the average person isn't going to show up. And I kind of understand because um, you don't want a, a huge public <laughs> of passionate pet parents who are just going to interrupt the meetings and, <laughs> and not let you get work done. So, but I don't know if that was their reasoning for charging $500 to go, but that's what I think. Yeah, I don't think it's cool to be interrupting the meetings, but the more difficult that it is for people to attend, the more it makes you wonder what's going on that you don't want out there. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. And so it'll be interesting. I'm like really excited for you to go. I'm curious to know like what after the forever dog, you know, what the present, because I haven't looked at anything um, because I don't want to have any FOMO. So... So I'm curious to know, like, what Karen and Rodney will bring to the table. You know, um, I spoke to Rodney Friday, and basically our entire thing, he he asked me, it's like, well, send me some questions beforehand. And all most of my questions were clarifying either memes that they've shared <laughs> or sections in the book, because I was just sort of like, okay, let's talk about those blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> and and things like that. So it, it was a, a really fun conversation to have. And that's for National Raw Feeding Week, I believe. Yes, right? yes, for the f- first seven days of April, National Raw Feeding Week. I'm I'm just really excited for you. Oh, he told me that this the venue space can fit 400 people, and that she's close to selling out. I don't know if she's selling 400 tickets though, but it'll be interesting to see you know, how big the space is. Cause I think people are so ready to like escape and go and do something and be around people that I think the energy is going to be so amazing. And, um, and here now I'm here, this is my FOMO. Like, damn it. <laughs> well, that is one of the things I'm looking forward to. It's just, you know, there's some people I'm looking forward to seeing in person. Uh, there's, you know, just walking around the, you know, where they have all the like exhibitor booths mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, what's out there. Like I, I get excited for that kind of stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you go. So our plans for our podcast is to record, you know, once a week and just talk about stuff that's happening in the pet space, in the pet world, you know, whether it be recalls that are going on or um, like we're going to, I bet we're going to talk about um, rotational, is it rotational, rotational monofeeding? I always forget which order it's supposed to go in. And it's right here next to me. So I should know better, but I'm, I just started reading up on it and I, I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I don't agree with uh, several things that they're talking about in the book. And w- a few things I've seen in the group, I'm just sort of like, ah, but I'm keeping an open mind because you never know. But, you know, there's so many things going on that we don't really talk about. Um, I know I don't really talk about. And it would just be fun just to have a nice conversation about, you know, hey, did you see what happened to such and such? That's interesting. <laughs> So I just have to jump in on the rotational monofeeding real quick. Okay, please do. Because <laughs> I had never heard of that before. And so I went and was was looking it up too. And and it is interesting how people react to new information that's like different from anything you've ever heard before. And yeah. but then I think of like, well, you know, there's some people who thrive on like a vegan diet. 
Yeah. But there's some people who thrive on like the carnivore diet. Yeah. And there's people who get really, you know, passionate about like juicing or there's like a raw food movement in humans where you don't like cook your food above, you know, a certain degree. But like I don't do well eating raw vegetables. Like I do not want a salad put in front of me ever, <laughs> you know? So it, it, of course it seems to make sense to me that like maybe there are some dogs that or some animals that would thrive doing something that is completely different. Mm-hmm. But my dogs seem to be doing pretty well with what I feed. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm looking to <laughs> go change, but exactly. But it's a tool in the toolbox, I guess. Exactly. And that's how I kind of look at it. Cause you know, when I first started feeding raw, the main things were there is the barf model and the prey model right. and never the two shall meet. And <laughs> if you were in a prey model group, they would tell you, do not talk about vegetables here. You do not talk about, you know, and I mean, it was very strict. And if you were in a barf model group, it was strict the other way. And then, you know, shortly after that came the science base of raw feeding where you need to balance everything. And when that came about, I was just like, nope, I don't balance my own diet. So I don't need to balance my dog's diet (laughs) until a friend was like, hey, Kimberly, (laughs) I used to have that problem or that mindset. And guess what happened to my dog? And um, basically her dog has um, had an eye condition because of, uh, I can't remember what the, what her diet, I think it was deficient in zinc or maybe it was manganese. I can't remember. It doesn't matter, but basically a deficiency caused her dog to have a health issue. And so that's when I started taking that a little more seriously. I, I still don't, um, do a bunch of math when I'm feeding my dogs, but I went and looked at the information out there and pulled from it what was going to work for me and what I was doing and made changes accordingly. And I hope to do that same thing with the rotational mono feeding because I like the idea of feeding one thing a day. So rather than doing all of these different things in the bowl, just today is a meat day. Um, tomorrow is a veggie day, even though I don't really know how that would work because I would have a hard time filling my dog's bowl with vegetables and um, having them eat them. And I know Rodrigo would be like, no, (laughs) no, thank you. And, you know, I would do a fat day, even though I know that that group, they're not big on fat. They're big on very much lean everything. But, you know, who knows whether how it would work with my dogs if they would um, like it better, enjoy it better, if it would be easier for me to feed them this way, because I don't have to mix things up anymore. (laughs) But um, I honestly don't know. But it's just, I'm curious to look into it. And if it turns out that this isn't something that I want to do, then I don't do it. And I learn something new. But you know, maybe there's a dog out there who isn't thriving doing the traditional raw, mm-hmm. and this is something they, that might be able to help them. I guess that's what I always try to yeah. keep in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just tool- I like to have all the tools in the toolbox. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. It's so funny because I was saying that earlier today, but it's like, that's what it comes down to. This is a tool in the toolbox. And it's just like, and it's funny because I, I reached or I asked around to a few people to, and no one really knows about it. Um, so it's just sort of like, you know, I, I, people who I thought would know, and they're so, you know, educated about these things. And they're just like, yeah, I've never heard of it before. So um, I think it's, I think it's kind of cool so far. I think the biggest thing that's, that's stand, that's standing out to me right now is the amount of carbs that are being fed to dogs, which I am, I find it interesting because they seem to be trying to 
replicate kind of like a diet of a wild dog. But I don't know if a wild dog would have a low fat diet necessarily. I don't know if their prey would be low fat necessarily. And I also don't know if a wild dog would be eating a carb heavy diet. I know that like the coyotes, which aren't dogs, but the coyotes in our area, they come and take like um, fruit from our trees at the end of the summer. And, you know, like into the, when it, like, as we're going into the fall and stuff and everything's dying down, they start taking that. But I sort of feel like it's just an opportunity rather than a staple of their diet. So I don't, I don't know, but it's sort of like, I'm, this is day two of me knowing of how rotational mono feeding. So, <laughs> and it's actually not day two. I've heard of it before, but this is day two of me really looking into it. So, um, it's, I have no idea. So it'll be interesting to see. And I actually want to find, like, to see if there's any studies out there about, you know, feeding fruit to dogs or maybe an area of the world where, you know, like in certain areas, coconut is a big thing. And so, you know, maybe there's an area of the world where dogs do yeah. because the fruit is available. Dogs are eating it on a regular basis, but I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that video as, as well as as reading you know more about your experiences with it because yeah, this was a totally new thing to me. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it it is. It's it's. I mean, it's kind of exciting. I and I love the response to it too because people were <laughs> not happy. <laughs> people had things to say. <laughs> well, you know, I went and read some on the website. And I have not joined the Facebook group, but I went and read the website and I said, I can see why some people <laughs> were really triggered by this. Like this yeah. was not a website like in my mind that was like written by like a professional copywriter, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. But, but I could see why uh, people did have a reaction to it. <laughs> But yeah, and and I understand it because it's funny because one person asked, um, and I I adore her. She's like one of my favorite followers. Um, but she asked, she's like, you don't have a problem with the fact that they say that their way is the only way and they're the only ones who are right. And I just laughed to myself when I read that. And it's just like, so did the prey model people. So did the bark right. model people. So did the people who home cook. So did the people who are feeding a vegan diet to their dogs. Everyone thinks that their way is the way, you know, the, you know, the raw fed and nerdy crew, everyone, everyone thinks that their way is the way to feed dogs. And so it's just sort of like, if I got turned off by that, I probably wouldn't be part of this community at all. <laughs> and I ultimately, I just, I've learned over the years that, no matter how we come to raw feeding, whether it be through the prey model door or the barf model door, or I just, even though it's the science door, I always call it the raw fed and nerdy door because, but um, how, however we come to raw feeding, I think ultimately we end up changing the diet so that it's specific to our own dogs. So none of us are, you know, completely devoted to one way of feeding our dogs and because we do what's going to work for them. And then over time, like with Rodrigo, he's going to be 12 in nine days and he no longer wants to eat raw. He's just like, um, he, I, I can mix a little bit into his cooked food, but he's just like, Nope, I'm ready to eat cooked food now. And so I had to change how I feed him and we have to be willing to make those type of adjustments, right? you know? And so, and, 
so I, you know, I know that the rotational monofeeding, even though some people say that it helped with cancer dogs, no way would I feed Scout, uh, you know, a meal of sweet potatoes and quinoa. I mean, that's just like not going to happen. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that unless I spoke with a lot of people, um, veterinarians and nutritionists who could assure me that I was not about to just you know, serve up a buffet to cancer cells when I'm doing that. So, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. Yes. I'm very excited to learn more. That's for sure. So, so is that it? I think so. Are we done? (laughs) That was fun. It was fun talking to you, Erin. Yes, you too. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks for following along. And I have a dog next to me that's decided that he needs my attention. You got to love that. Come on. Stop it. So I guess we'll stop. (laughs) I'm horrible about ending podcasts. Well, I'm sure that we will have lots of links in the show notes for everyone who wants to follow along with what we're talking about. And if people are at the Healthy Dog Expo, hopefully they'll come say hi. You know, you're going to have so much fun. I'm so jealous. <laughs> so thank you everyone for taking the time to sit down and listen to us. And um, if you guys have topic ideas, we will have contact information in the notes as well. So you can contact us and say, hey, what are you guys' thoughts on blankety, blankety, blank? And we'll share those in the podcast. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.